Hello and welcome again to another episode of Five Plain Questions, a podcast that proposes five questions to indigenous artists, creators, musicians, writers, movers and shakers, and culture bearers, people in the community that are doing great things for their communities. I'm Joe Williams, your host for this conversation. I'm director of CANA, the Native American programs at the Plains Art Museum. My goal is to showcase these amazing people in our indigenous communities from around the region and country. I want to introduce you to Laura Youngbird, a citizen of the Minnesota Chippewa Grand Portage Band. She has her Bachelor of Fine Arts, her Master of Fine Arts, and her Bachelor of Science for Art Education from Minnesota State University, Moorhead, Minnesota. She's the former director of the Native American Arts Programs here at the Plains Art Museum. She was my predecessor. And she also taught art at the Circle of Nations School in Wapiton, North Dakota, as an artist in residence for the North Dakota Council of the Arts and Fargo Public Schools. She's won several awards, including the 2018 First People Fund's Artists in Business Fellowship. She's received the Artist Initiative Grants in 2009 and 2013 from the Minnesota State Arts Board. And among just a collection of artists and recognitions, uh, just a highly regarded individual in, in this area. She's also received an Artist in Residence Fellowship from the Institute of American Indian Art in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Laura has her master's in printmaking, and she's a practicing artist working in mixed media drawing, painting, sculpture, and ceramics. Uh, her work has been shown in numerous regional and national galleries and exhibitions. So let's jump into this interview with Laura. Well, Laura, thank you for, for joining the podcast. Um, certainly a different format than how we normally do this, and so uh, I just want to just acknowledge to the listener that we're actually in a diner. It's it's not uh, it's not Pro Tools. It's not special effects. We're we're actually meeting in a diner. So you're gonna be hearing background sounds of waiters and waitresses and the clinking of plates and phones. So, but it kind of brings to the charm to the, the atmosphere that we're in right now. So, uh, with that said, I want to acknowledge uh, Laura Youngberg. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, yeah, if you could just uh, talk a little bit about uh, yourself and your background and where you're from. Okay. Um, uh, well, Boju, um, Indawagamag, Miskogijakwe, um, Indijnikas, Mingun Dodem. Um, my family's from Grand Portage, Minnesota. Um, and what I said was, hello, all my relatives and my um, name to the universe is um, Red Cedar Woman. Um, well, I am an artist, um, mixed media printmaker, do a lot of experimental printmaking. Um, I was born in Tucson, Arizona, and my dad was in the Air Force, so I'm an Air Force brat, and we moved all over. Um, just within the states. Um, my dad went overseas quite a bit and at one point we were going to go to Germany but that didn't happen. We ended up going to Minot, North Dakota instead of all places. When I was a teenager too, it was just like the end. I, we were living in San Bernardino, California and it seemed like the end of the world, you know. <laughs> but um, that's where I, I met my ex-husband and um, and I end up in this part of the country. Um, but my parents are from, my dad was from Arcadia, Wisconsin, and my mother from Grand Portage, um, Minnesota. That's where my 
my, most of my family is. Um, so before you came back, uh, or before your dad was um, stationed here, uh, did you take family trips back to the area beforehand? Or was this sort of a new experience? Oh, well, um, we didn't come to North Dakota, but um, we went to Wisconsin and to Grand Portage and, you know, um, Canada quite a bit too. Um, and well, a lot we were a lot went to a lot of different places. And uh, my favorite place is the beach. Um, lived in San Diego. Um, my ex-husband and I both joined the Navy, and I ended up having well, I ended up getting pregnant is what happened. And so I didn't, I didn't even though I was already sworn in and everything, I didn't go to boot camp and and do that. And um, so we were living in San Diego, and. It, I was isolated from my family. I didn't have anybody to take care of my son. With my my husband worked, you know, and you know a little bit about the military, the different ships, and um, and so it, it just I it made that impossible. But um, but I guess I'm 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 fine with that. <laughs> It shaped, it kind of shaped your future though, from, uh, at that point, in a sense. Well, um, well, when I wanted to go into the Navy, I wanted to go into, you know, some kind of illustration or drafting or um, all the tests that I was mechanically inclined. So, um, I don't know what, what would have happened there, but that's what I was looking at, some kind of um, design kind of work. And, um, but I ended up being, you know, well, I did odd things like working in sweatshops, making um, men's suits back in the 70s, you know, with canary yellow, plaid, red. We were always happy to get a new color because you'd be going the same color over and over again. And, um, and there was wool too, which was kind of irritating in the summertime. <laughs> Plus, I'm allergic to wool, so. Um, but it's like you know, it's like a hundred degrees outside or more in in the sweatshops. It, they use sweatshops. There's irons going and and all kinds of machinery, and it was it got warm in there. I used to love to sew and and sewed a lot, and my mother taught us to sew, and um, she made all of our clothing, and um, and so. Um, it's a, it's a lot about what my, my work is, um, is about the dress as a symbol. Um, and I guess you could say that's kind of pop art, but I don't know what to, to how to describe my art um, in a genre or whatever. Um, um, one of my, I really love the abstract expressionists, I think more than any other, um, art form, um, and um, and I don't think that's that shows in my work necessarily, but um, but it is. And I just um, I had a good friend who has passed away now, George Morrison, and took some classes with him because he's from Grand Portage too, and up on the North Shore, and um, and he taught some some classes there and. 
I just loved listening to him because he was part of that New York school. Uh, even though you, he wasn't like listed because the New York school, when you look it up, it's mostly men, white men. <laughs> they didn't show people of color and they didn't show the women necessarily except for Louise. Um, how do you say her last name? Boudoir? No. Nevelson. I was mixing names up. Yeah, okay. Louise Nevelson. Um, and um, so he was, he was buddies with all these people, and, um, and his work, too, was influenced a little bit by Louise. Um, they both, like, collected scrap pieces of wood, and, you know, some of my favorite work of George's is those big wood collages, you know, in Beechwood, and, um, um, and she took a lot of, like, found found things in the dumpsters and, <laughs> and that sort of thing too how she she started and um it seems to be like an east coast influence too uh, the found objects like uh last year we had uh, Calhammer, you know all of those uh kachina uh inspired guys were all found mm -hmm. objects yeah sorry I that's cool yeah he's great too um so the, I guess this goes to the question about um, your influences. Mm -hmm. uh, who, I guess, who are your influences, or who were your influences, uh, starting like when you were younger, and then now today mm -hmm. that you're you're well into your career. Mm. When I was younger, um, I'm not sure. I just loved art and. I was like four years old, and um, my my parents we were going to move to the air base and to base housing, and we had a trailer and we were selling it. And um, the people that were buying it, the woman was a commercial artist, oh. and um, before while we were waiting for our place, they were already moved in. But um, she she took me under a wing and she was showing me how to draw different things and just like basic shapes, and it just like I was just like, wow, <laughs> you know, that's, you know, that's what I want to do. I'm, I want to be an artist, you know, um, um, which I think was a good choice because the ballerina, ballerina idea was not a good one. <laughs> I, I love ballet and dance and music, but yeah, I can't sing in tune or um, walk and chew gum at the same time. So. <laughs> I know from my friend uh, Vanessa, who's a ballet dancer, um, that is a very distinct path, you know, like around yeah. age four or five, you know, but that, that becomes your life. Like yes. Everything. And so you're as serious as an adult at that age, being that focused, which I don't know many four-year-olds that can be that focused on something. Yeah, a lot of even, like, um, teenagers, middle school, they, they don't know what they want. I don't know a lot of 30-year-olds that are that focused. That's like true. That <laughs> <laughs> or... 50 no <laughs> <laughs> anything goes these days yeah. yeah so I knew that's what I wanted to do but um, my path was was a little bit different and 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 it all played a part in in my artwork and career um, I was a, a mom at 19 and um, And just did some 
odd time, odd jobs, you know, like the sewing and um, working in um, restaurants and that sort of thing. Um, and I took a, a class. I don't know if you ever saw like Draw Winky. It's a commercial art class. I can't even remember what the, what they're called. Some versions of that, I think. Yeah. 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 Or, but yeah, you send your stuff in it. So it was online, not online, mail-in. <laughs> there was no online. There wasn't even online at that time. Um, and so I did that, and um, and still continued to work. Um, I. I was um, maybe 24, I think, and went um, went back to school for like a trade trade school, and took mechanical design, or actually it was mechanical drawing, I think. And so I was a drafts person, mechanical drafts person, and after that worked um, for many years um, as HVC and plumbing designer. And I was really good at that, but I was always at, at the same time as like, you know, I still want to be an artist. And I would like do the little church basement art shows and that sort of thing. And um, never made a lot of money at that, but I, I sold some things. And, um, and just didn't have a lot of time either. Um, that type of job was like, it's construction. And, and so in the summertime, it was just like, fierce, you know, <laughs> 60 hours a week sometimes, you know, and um, I enjoyed it a lot, the, the drawing, um, but then it kind of went computerized, and um, at that time I was, you know, laying things out, um, the mechanical rooms, picking up, picking out the equipment, you know, um, designing ductwork and pipes and and all the things that go along with that. And I asked my boss if I could learn how to do the, you know, the, I don't know what they call it, but the drafting online or the, you know, computerized. And um, he goes, no, I need you to <laughs> design it. These guys can do, you know, the computer stuff, you know, it's really easy or whatever for them. So, but that was okay too. Um, that at that time I was started taking some classes, just part time, going to college, um, and um, back in the must have been eighties. Yeah, it was the eighties. Um, there was like construction kind of slowed down, really slow, and um, I had taken a job as an estimator for a mechanical company and um, they actually went out of business, unfortunately. And they were, you know, well-established company too. Mm. But um, I um, started going and taking more and more classes and before I knew it, I was, you know, I had my BFA. <laughs> And a minor in American Indian Studies. Um, what was your BFA in? Um, drawing and painting. Okay. Okay. And um, you know, I kept thinking I should be doing engineering or whatever, you know. Okay. But um, because that would have paid a lot more than art. <laughs> art. 
Um, I also was really interested in archaeology and anthropology and um, took a lot of those classes, a heavy concentration. I had really a lot of credits, more credits than I needed to graduate. Um, and um, after I did graduate, I, you know, looked and looked and looked for your work and it was really tough and it's like, oh, I think I need a master's or something, you know. But um, for a long time I worked as a, um, a North Dakota Council on the Arts, um, Artists in Residence, and so I traveled all over, um, mostly it was through North Dakota Council on the Arts, but um, I, was, I did a lot in Montana and South Dakota and Minnesota. Um, did a lot of schools locally, um, and I really enjoyed teaching. You know, I, I did consider, you know, somebody was like, well, you should teach, go teach art or whatever. And I'm like, no way. I, there's no way I'm going to be a teacher. There's no way that, you know, I, I was just really like, education is like, you know, it's still based on the, you know, industrial revolution, you know, model. You know, you just bring the kids in, teach them the stuff, and they all come out the same <laughs> kind of thing and um, kind of a military style as well. Um, and so I just didn't believe, um, even though I love going to school, and especially college, um, that that's, I wanted to be a part of that system. But I found out I did really okay. like teaching because most of the right. Council on the Arts staff were in schools. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so, I enjoy doing that. My, kid, my kids, I have four kids, but I had three k children then that were getting older. And, um, and so they, they would stay with their dad when I was going out to these different places. And, because um, we, we were divorced by then. And, um, but anyway, I ended up getting in a relationship that, and I ended up having another child, a daughter, and traveling with an infant was really difficult. Mm. Um, I did try it, but I, I didn't recommend it. I mean, it's like everybody was really good. It's like, okay, um, you know, we'll set up a sitter, and, and they did always find somebody that was good, you know, but it was just too scary for me because I, I had to trust that that would be um, okay. Um, and I guess you just never know. But, but it uh, it was good, but it was just really uh, too too difficult to do with a with a baby. So anyway, I went. I started. I think it was 1995. I went back to school to get my master's. And um, and like I said, I just love being in school, <laughs> especially you know for art. Um, just being around a lot of different artists and um, that. Um, camaraderie, the feedback, and um, it was just very enriching um, and hard. It was really hard because I had four children, and uh, I was a single mom, and, um, and I was also, this is when I did most of the, s the local schools. I was a artist in residence for Fargo Moorhead Public or Fargo Public Schools, and um, 
And so I had five schools, that's how they did it back then. Um, and then they had the creative arts studio. So we'd go down to the creative arts studio, which used to be in um, basement of one Clara Barton school in Fargo. And, um, and we'd teach classes. And, um, and then I had five schools where I would just, you know, most of the kids, like one through six, I think they had, would have six art classes a year. But I had five different schools, and uh, you know, and I was working as a um, gallery, you know, person at MSUM too, um, taking care of the gallery and the shows, and it seemed like all the exhibits went upright during finals. <laughs> so. It was it was just crazy, and I don't I don't can't imagine doing that now with that schedule having to be in a million different places and um, I don't know kids and all that, but I did it. And um, when I graduated, um, I was offered three jobs and um, several that were they were all interesting and I would have liked to take them but um, my daughter's father just really really made it difficult for me to move anywhere so I, I did accept a position at Circle Nation School in Wapton and um, as the cultural coordinator and um, and I really loved doing that job as well um, the trouble with it was that it was mostly evenings. I had to work from, well, base two to 10, something like that. And um, I had a baby and a 14-year-old. So maybe, well, I guess my Josie must have been about three then. And um, if any of you have had teenagers, and especially girl teenagers, <laughs> um, you know that just that just wasn't working. So I, I did say, well, you know, I can't, I can't do this. I and um, it so happened that I ended up um, working in school um, with the art therapist, and um, I didn't have my teaching license then. But once I started working there, I started taking classes and and did get my BA. Um, oh, BS. <laughs> My third degree was BS. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and I worked there for, you know, 17 and a half years. And, um, and still, you know, entering shows, mostly local, regional type of shows. Um, I, I was going to ask you about that. Um, during this time, around, like, during the, your, your college experience, both um, in, in your, your BFA and then pursuing your, your MFA, um, how, did, how did art shows, how did those present themselves for you? Or how did you, were you in a lot of shows at that time, or did you participate? How did that work mm, into your life? I guess some, there was quite a few group shows, and you know, like the Red River Watercolor Society, those kind of things mm -hmm. that, were, that were around. I can't think of... Um, well, there was the Midwestern, there was, um, I had some shows like in um, 
can't think of the name of the place, but just out west okay. <laughs> in North Dakota. <laughs> um, I had had gotten a show, like a, a show, a, a, what do you call that, a one-person show? Oh, like a solo exhibition? So, yeah, a solo exhi exhibition. Okay. And okay. Um, I just, there were just little things that I'd apply for, you know, um, all over. Um, some in Grand Marais and... Because um, uh, I know, you know, I, I think, so we, so just for the listener knows, uh, we worked at the Plains together for, yes. I think was it one year or two years? I don't recall anymore. Um, it was one. It was one year. Uh, you were the But director. you were also an intern earlier I before intern that. Prior to that, yes. So I, yeah, I started as an intern. Uh, you were the director. And you were the director there for five years? Yep. Five years, yeah. Um, which established a great program that's still going on. And made the most common thing someone says to me when they, when they, when I introduce myself, is they still say we have some big shoes to fill. <laughs> so <laughs> you're, you're well oh, okay, my feet aren't that big. <laughs> <laughs> my dad used to say, "Are you to go skiing with those feet?" Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you know it's a it's a compliment from them. You know. Uh, <laughs> oh yes, I know. I'm just teasing. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you're 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 well received in, in Fargo still. You know, and it's it's um, yeah. Well, as you know, it's the best job ever. <laughs> it is, it is, absolutely. Um, but we didn't, the museum isn't the first place we've worked together. Um, right. Circle of Nations is. But that's not the first time we crossed paths. And I didn't, I, I have to admit, I didn't know that until a few years ago. Um, I was going through some old video footage of Gerald Knoyer. And mm -hmm. you, well, he, Roger Brower, and yourself had an exhibition at the Dahl in Rapid City, I think it was in 2006. Yeah, I don't remember the year, but yep. Yep, yep summer 2006. And so, um, yeah, so you were, uh, you had, have you done many exhibitions out that way, or? Um, I think in Montana there was the one in Rapid City. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, oh, another one I had, <coughs> I did a lot through the universities. And I had a residency um, in Rapid City at the School of Mines. Oh, oh, so, and that was a, a really great experience as well. It's a great school. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, I didn't mean to derail. Uh, no. You're, you're still there. That's I, fine. I wanted to ask about um, at that period uh, around the school time and then post uh, university, um, as far as Andy your. Not, not only just the exhibitions that, that you uh, were a part of, but opportunities. Um, how have, have those opportunities presented themselves to you? I guess I've just been really, really lucky with a lot of those. Um, the North, so the Gallery Association, North Dakota Gallery Association, picked up my exhibit and traveled it through a lot of universities. Hmm. Um, and then um, I was in some shows with John Quick to C. Smith and those shows traveled and so I got opportunities through through that connection and um, I, d I don't know I just I think it was a lot of you know a lot of luck but also you know keeping my eyes open too um, and just um, it's amazing 
the people that I've met during my life and um, um, connections and friends and, and networking and uh, and we talked about the um, the job at the Plains Art Museum that was truly wonderful too meeting all the different artists that um, that, I would, that I had that opportunity to meet and get to know and um, spend time with and you know <laughs> just hang out with <laughs> Um, and then, well, even though it was the most wonderful job in the world, <laughs> uh, I still wanted to be an artist when I grew up. Um, and, um, and so, um, and that's what happened is I, I prepared to retire when I, when I was able to, to get social security, that sort of thing. Um, so I had to wait till I was old enough for that. And, um, and so I'm doing that, but it's not ex exactly like I expected because, you know, as soon as I retired, then we had COVID. Yep. And I had s several opportunities that were lined up that were canceled and um, not a huge amount, actually, truthfully, it was like three or four. <laughs> but, you yep. know, yep. and then just so many things, it's like, oh, we're not going to do this, we're not going to do that. And, you know, like I would have... I did keep applying for things, but, um, and still have some things that I've applied for and still working on them. Um, I still, I still really enjoy getting out there and uh, I've had some fellowships and some um, residencies and um, those kind of things or, or grants too. And I still want to keep pursuing that. And um, I don't want to say which ones they are because this is just for Micah. I can't knock on it. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. <laughs> looking around. Uh, maybe you got this over here. A little yeah. banister there. But yeah, and but anyway, I've I put some um, applications in and. Um, and I've gotten some back that said no, and that's okay. I guess it's. Um, it seemed like before, when I was really young and cute, that no, <laughs> that I had gotten my way more often. I don't know. I don't <laughs> think that was necessarily had anything to do with it, but. Um, and I. I would imagine too there's a higher there's more people that are you know more applicants a lot more applicants too from what I understand I imagine right now during this period because mm -hmm. um, people don't have a whole lot to do at the moment you know mm-hmm even at the museum I mean we were shut down I think for almost three months Doors yeah, closed. very sad yeah yep. and so thus giving people time to sort of just internet search for opportunities and whatnot so mm -hmm. yeah I think I Someone was saying that the applications for for grants just skyrocketed in the last year, so. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> yeah. So, but I keep I keep on trying, and um, the fact that I've had some is helpful too. I think um, people look at that as well—a good track record. So. Um. Well, I think your resume speaks for itself as well. You know, good good work experience. 
Yeah, I'm just jealous of all those really young ones that are just like, you know, um, rocking it. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know, it was like part teaching at the school. Um, my work was about the boarding schools. A lot of it was um, focused on boarding school experience and um, what my grandmother and my mother had gone through. Um, and um, so, and then I ended up, it was kind of ironic, I ended up working at a boarding school. And of course it was, was nothing like it was back in those days, but um, uh, in a lot of ways there was still a lot of bureaucracy and, you know, just the school stuff, you know, they kept changing the laws and I gotta do it this way and I gotta do it that way. And, um, but basically ended up being kind of the same. That's <laughs> 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 what it seemed like. Um, but, you know, school is still a great thing, but I think there's still a lot of room for, um, for change and it would really be nice if, you know, now they have to have kids in smaller groups, you know, and that's what kids really need. If you put 40 kids in a classroom, you're not gonna reach them. And um, I was also got um, certified and gifted and talented and, and that was a big eye-opener um, it seemed like a lot of gifted and talented kids would just like zone out. I mean, they knew this stuff. Why should they pay attention, you know, and do some of this really rote learning type thing? And um, we have so many gifted um, people in our jail system, you know, and I think if we invested in the schools rather than jails, <laughs> prisons, you know, it's like that's a huge business and and it's so sad and so many people are in there for just, I don't know, they shouldn't be in there. I mean, they're, they might have done a crime or whatever, but most of them aren't um, as serious, you know, like murderers should be in prison. <laughs> but yeah, yeah or a joint, with, you know, have mar some marijuana or whatever, uh, those yeah. kind of things. Or a mistake when they made it when they were 22. Mm -hmm. you know? Oh, yeah. And, and, yep, you're stupid at that age. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I think most people who get through there, if they don't go to jail, they got lucky, you know? Oh. Really boring. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't do anything super awful, but, I mean... I did smoke marijuana, which could have put me in jail, I guess, but, you know. Yeah, but even if, if you did, you didn't deserve to go to jail for it, let alone 30 years or life. Right. Like some people in California. I know, and then people that have a lot of money can get off, you know, get away with murder, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, way, the way the system praise on those who don't have money um, and then profits off their lives in prison um, yeah so it's it's yeah yeah it, it reminds me of um and i don't know if you know who she is uh linda boyd uh she used to have a, a gallery in south it sounds familiar she used to work um not as an employee but uh she was like i was in the military for 20 years so like a lot of my terms are are sort of government terms but she was like a, a third-party contractor, and 
she essentially f found kind of what you had mentioned that a lot of uh, native men in prison were artistic mm -hmm. and so she she was starting to develop a gallery and she was tapping into uh, those men either in the system or they were just getting out of the system and she was sort of sponsoring them a little bit you know and mm -hmm. so she would have them create artwork and was trying to help get them set up you know post prison and uh, I know I'm not telling the story 100% accurate but she really spent um, many many years uh, supporting those those individuals trying to propose them and she had a wonderful place down in Sioux Falls and um, a lot of the artwork in there was from a lot of those individuals who were clearly talented uh, hard-working individuals mm -hmm. so, yeah so hearing you talk about this it kind of brings me back to the work that she did and mm -hmm. the potential that's there to do a lot of good yeah not just artists I mean just there's so many ways a person can be gifted you know mm -hmm. and it's just it's just a sin <laughs> but um, but yeah and people used to say that to me too oh natives are so artistic it's like well I know that we're visual people visual learners and and are maybe more open to creativity um, just um, the way the culture is maybe I don't know but um, and then most people in general are visual visual learners um, so why do we lecture everybody <laughs> I don't know um, I think to a lot of people that listen to this podcast and I think it applies to you and me um, if you go back through our high school notebooks you'll see that during those lectures all we did was sketch in our notebooks. You know, yeah. Even still, in college. Even in college. Yes. Yep. 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 So. And I could, I could remember, even though I didn't write everything they were saying down, I, those doodles helped me <laughs> remember what was going on. I think. It's true. Um, I found one of my college notebooks, and uh, going through it, those sketches took me back to those uh, those lectures. I really, that, I, that's a real statement. Yeah. That's a very real statement. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. So, um, it's, I guess this brings us pretty much close to the end of this, uh, of this. Um, so we talked about opportunities. Uh, what do you want to say to the 18 or the 22-year-old listening to, to this conversation? Well, um, to do what you love. You know, and don't, don't um, compromise. And there, there might be a situation where you have to. I know that, you know, I didn't just start making art and become famous or what, <laughs> like I would have wanted to, you know. Um, but my, you know, it was just a, a very, I was where I was and did what I did, and it was all supposed to be that way, you know. Um, and I'm grateful for those things, and I've learned so much. And um, but but if you want to be an artist and make art, don't let anybody stop you. Um, when I was when I was younger, um, that's why I took this mechanical. Um, drafting 
when I was in my 20s, early 20s, I, um, it's like I kept hearing my parents, and they didn't mean anything by it, you know, but they were like, um, well, what are you going to do with an art degree? <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and so that didn't happen till later. And, um, and you can, you know, you just get a degree. Don't, you know, college is um, not necessary. It isn't, you don't go to college just to learn a trade. You can go to trade school for a trade. And, um, but I think that's what people, people do a lot. And, um, but I'm just, I just learned so much, even like taking statistics and, um, you know, chemistry classes that I thought I would hate, you know. Um, I ended up understanding them and appreciating, you know, some of those things. Um, no, I don't want to be a, a chemist, but, <laughs> but it's still fascinating, you know. Um, and I found out that I, I didn't know a whole lot, you know, and, uh, and that, that I still, there's still so much that I don't know, and um, that's part of the, part of the journey. Mm -hmm. Is there any place, um, if someone wants to look up your work or uh, get in touch with you somehow, uh, like on social media or someplace, um, where, where can they find you at? Well, I do have a website. It's, um, I'm still trying to figure out how to, um, you know, put, make it more of a, so people can buy things on there because I don't have that set up yet. Okay. But my website is uh, lauryoungbird.com. And um, just Facebook on Laura Youngbird. I don't always show my art there, but every now and then I do. Um, it's not a business, just a personal Facebook. Um, I have a Twitter account and um, Instagram, but I hardly use those, unfortunately. It's just, you know what? <laughs> every year it's something I'm, I'm that, I'm older than, than a lot of these these kids and just uh, I'm not all that savvy, but I know. you got to get on the TikTok now. That's, that's <laughs> the next step. <laughs> TikTok, uh, yeah, I've heard heard of TikTok, and uh, yeah, it's just too much. Um, well, maybe not, but um, I'd rather be drawing or printing or you know making artwork. Laura, thank you so much for your time. This mm. was really wonderful. Mm, thanks. Thanks for asking me. And that does it for this episode of Five Plain Questions. I want to thank Laura again for her time and sharing her story with us. Uh, Laura is someone that I've known for a very long time. Uh, I, at this point, I feel like she's an old friend. Uh, we were co-workers before at another uh, institution, and I did intern for her when she became the director of uh, Native American programs at the Plains Art Museum. And ultimately is the reason where I am at now uh, within the museum. So I, I want to thank Laura and acknowledge that. Uh, it's always a pleasure to catch up with her. And yeah, I always look forward to the next conversation we have. Um, also too, uh, we did acknowledge this at the beginning of the episode, um, but I wanted to address it again, is that uh, we did uh, record this in a diner. Uh, because of concerns for family and safety, uh, we had to pick a place that was um, both safe and convenient for the two of us. And so there was this location uh, within Wapiton that we went to. Uh, there were protocols in place. Uh, we were in a 
part of the diner that was not being occupied, um, even though the microphones picked up <laughs> basically the entire uh, the floor. Um, but safety was used, uh, distance from staff and patrons was in place, and so uh, we were very careful uh, during the entire part of the interview. Um, now, of course, in 2021, this comment uh, makes perfect sense. Hopefully, a year from now, five years from now, and beyond, uh, what I'm saying makes no sense whatsoever, and is maybe just a just a strange comment in history. Uh, who knows? Uh, but that being said, continue to be safe. Continue to be safe for those around you as well as yourself. So, yeah. All that being said, uh, I want to thank you for joining us and spending your time listening to what I feel is a very important story and perspective from our community. So please, join us again next week as we speak with another incredible person. I'm Joe Williams. You can find me on camera at C-A-N-A-A, Creativity Among Native American Artists on Facebook or at our PlantsArts.org website. There you can see our programming, our past videos, and these podcasts. We're also on Instagram, um, which is a platform that we, I actually use a little more than I do Facebook. What's very good about Facebook is it's easy to get in touch with me. So if you have a suggestion for someone to, for me to interview, uh, please reach out to me on our Facebook page and message me. I would love to hear from you. Well, that's it. Uh, you take care of yourself and we'll see you.